Welcome to the Peruvian Travel Trends Podcast, exploring the destinations, culture, archaeology, and history of Peru. In this episode, Rick Vecchio speaks with archaeologist and explorer Gary Ziegler about the ancient Inca royal state of Choquequirao. We are here on the roof of the Actor Hotel uh, in the heart of Miraflores, and I'm here with archaeologist explorer Gary Ziegler. Thank you for talking to us, Gary. Oh, it's a pleasure. Glad to be here. We've just had a fabulous ceviche and a couple of beers. We're feeling very good. Carrie's just finished up one of his trips with a group to Chokikirao. How'd that go? Oh, it was a fabulous group, fabulous trip, and Chokikirao was exciting and, and uh, mysterious and wonderful as always. But the best part of it, I think, of the, of the trip is that the, the weather was flawless. You know, the Andean weather is never, never certain. And you can get dumped on for days on end, even in the middle of the dry season. And here we are in the cusp of the wet season, and we had endless days of uh, of wine and roses, I guess is a good, good phrase. It. Mm-hmm. Beautiful sunlight, and as a, we say in the high Andes, espejado. Espejado. <laughs> <laughs> when you go out with the group to, to Choquiquirao, what is it that you're aiming to convey? Well, I think the main issue is is the mystery of the site and the, the, the magnificence of it and, and the, uh, the complicated design, the, the, what I call the geo, geocosmic uh, structure of the place, of how it was designed to line up with sacred elements important to the Inca and also more than the Inca to traditional uh, Andean beliefs and uh, centuries of, of cultural development of, of beliefs in the Andes. That is, spiritualism in the form of an animistic concept that that there are natural forces in everything, the mountains, the rivers, the, the glaciers, the sky, the sun, the moon. And Chokikarao, and we, we, we call it a, a royal estate, and we think it was built by uh, the, uh, the preceding emperor after the great Pachacutu, who we think, or pretty much has accepted, built Machu Picchu, in, incorporated all the elements of Machu Picchu. And that is the incorporation of mountains, rivers, uh, astronomical alignments with the natural terrain. And I think probably the focus of going to Chokikarao without actually doing studies is, is the joy in revealing this and, and showing it to others in the group who are going there. And in terms of the site, it's nothing like you're going to experience if you go to Machu Picchu or to Sacsayhuaman. I mean, it's fundamentally different in that they just aren't the people there. Well, the, 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 the same elements are there, but of course it's distracted by the development and the, and the large numbers of tourists and the roads and the traffic and, and all the accoutrements of uh, modern society, which seems to have encompassed most of these places, and, and sadly uh, Machu Picchu more than any place else. But the beauty of, of Chokikarao is its, its, its very remoteness from all of that, that it's a difficult uh, physical journey to get there. It, by the sh- very shortest route, it's two days, and it's similar to crossing the Grand Canyon in Arizona. And as a result, it, it remains a, a pristine mountain estate, pretty much as the Inca built it and left it behind. And what year was the first year that you were there? It wasn't too many years ago. It was probably the early 1990s. When I, when I first arrived there, we came in the, the long back way, not the short way that I just mentioned, and it took uh, days to get there on the uh, what we later determined was the only Inca road into the site. 
the modern way that I just did this last uh, week or so was is a, is a pretty much a modern route in built in post-colonial times. But anyway, coming in the back route, we actually uh, sent a crew of, of uh, locals in a couple weeks in advance with picks and shovels and uh, cutting our cutting our way through the heavy vegetation, moving rocks, and opening up the trails. And when we arrived at Choki Corral, part of it had been studied, but uh, the, the the government had just shown an interest in it a few years earlier. But it was pretty much uncleared. We camped in the main plaza, the uh, what's what we're now revealed as as the elite residences and the temples were completely uh, covered with vegetation. What are some of the conclusions that you've made? What we've learned, or think we've learned, and, and the information we've gathered has been accumulative over the years, and it's, it's been a, a, a group or team effort by a number of different people, and in particular the Peruvian team uh, led by the Cusco archaeologist Percy Paz, who did the preliminary study and then has, has since uh, has worked there all these years. And so as uh, sites have, have been cleared, excavations have been made, we've learned a, a great deal about the site. And also, it's accumulative into general information of the Inca, which has grown links and bounds in the last decade or two. When I first started studying archaeology, it was, I think, no, nobody really had much interest in the Inca because the feeling was that, gosh, we know all about the Inca. What about these ancient cultures along the coast, which haven't been studied? Nobody knows who built them. But gosh, the Incas, you know, everybody wrote about the Incas. We know all about the Incas. Well, recent recent years, that's been revealed not to be be the case at all. There's enigma after enigma, as as revealed at Machu Picchu and other sites, and particularly Chilke Corral. So there's been a whole new focus in Inca studies with new information coming in and taking this evolution of information from others working in the field and applying it back to our studies at Choque Corral and other places has really been an aid in our interpretation of, of Choque Corral and its purpose. And if I can just continue on along that same thing, I might as well just give you kind of a summary of, of what we think Machu Picchu was, what its main purpose was and, and uh, how it was used. Well, we think from, and this is like um, I, I like to use the term like an investigation in a criminal case, the, the preponderance of evidence. Because we never have really 100% factual evidence that this was the way it is. But there are a number of factors that, that lead up to a conclusion, and this is a good scientific process, that this was likely the way it was because of the number of different factors that indicate that that was uh, the purpose or what what was going on there. Using that process... We believe that uh, Choque Corral was a royal estate. And royal estates were very special places. And we're building upon, as I said, the study of other people who have done these remarkable studies elsewhere in the Inca heartland about Inca estates. So Choque Corral sort of fits that pattern. And probably the, uh, the three big estates that most people know about are Pisac, Ollantaytambo, and Machu Picchu. And these seem to fit a pattern of development. Each emperor built his own estates, in some ways similar to the to the early Egyptian dynasties, of which each each pharaoh then built his own estate. And so, let's say Pachacuti built uh, these three estates, and then along comes his uh, his successor, and is probably his son Topo Inca, who wants to do a similar sort of thing, wants to have his own estates. And, 
kind of the curious uh, transition of ownership, royal ownership, was that when, when an emperor died, his property didn't transfer to the Inca corporate state or government, if you will. It became the property of his kinship group, or called a panaca. And so then the kinship group were responsible for taking over maintenance and, and uh, maintaining the administrative functions with their own funds and, and own resources. And so that's certainly what happened at Machu Picchu and these other estates and probably at Choque Corral. So Choque Corral then was built as a royal estate. We believe, and I say we, it's, it's a collaboration of a number of colleagues who have worked there. We believe that uh, Choque Corral was built as a model of Machu Picchu based on the uh, topography and layout of these other sites that I mentioned. And an example, let's take Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu is in a north-south alignment, a cardinal alignment up and down the ridge. It has high-status buildings, meaning the most important uh, structures, ceremonial temples built on a, on a ridge with a high mountain behind and then a, a short lower promontory point peak in the front, which is Picchu. And then it has a great river, Urubamba, meandering below, which must have been sacred to the Incas. And the same thing at Chokikral with the great river Apurimac uh, winding below uh, Chokikral. So there's a, there's a similar design in the topography of the region. And then other indicators, um, a water system that comes from a, a high source starting from Glacier Peak up high. Of course, there was the uh, long canal down to, uh, to, to Machu Picchu, which was uh, serves the site. It had a number of uh, fountains and and areas where the water uh, was manipulated and and uh, routed down through the site. And, and certainly, Chokikarl has the same thing. It doesn't have a number of fountains at Machu Picchu, but it has its own series of, of baths and fountains uh, manipulating down through the site. And water was certainly an important spiritual element of early Andean people as adapted by, by the Inca. So now we have many of the ingredients of, of Machu Picchu. It also appeared to have had probably a pilgrimage function for uh, special calendar events, special events where people from the surrounding region or even uh, further away would come along the trail into the region and then be introduced to ceremonies and rituals on that particular time period there. So there's similarities to the Inca roads or trails leading into Machu Picchu. So we have most of the elements of a royal estate based on these other areas in very similar design. One of the interesting things about Chokikral is that the geology is very distinct and different from Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu is built on an igneous granitic pluton, a, a big plug of molten material that came up through the earth and, and cooled slowly and formed granite. And granite is readily shaped into the polygonal stones that you see at Machu Picchu. Those great big construction blocks. That, that's right. And, of course, the geology of Machu Picchu is, is totally distinct from Chokikaral. Chokikaral uh, is situated on an ancient metamorphic base rock formation. And metamorphic is, in, in this case, it's compressed uh, sediments, previous shales and, and uh, sandstones and, and various things compressed deep under the earth by heat and pressure. And the result is that it breaks into very fragile rocks as opposed to the malleability or the, uh, the shapeability of 
of granite. So the Inca realized this quickly that they couldn't do this wonderful stuff that they did around Cusco and at Machu Picchu. And so they developed a totally different construction style. One of the things that I find very striking, having read your book and enjoyed it very much, is the idea that maybe uh, the Inca brought in some foreign labor to get the job done at Choquequirao. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I know there's a prevailing theory in some un non non-scientific circles that, that uh, there were certain outsiders who helped build these sites. But, mm -hmm. And there's a certain degree of truth to that. However, I think they came from from Peru, or at least South America. And not, from outer space. not from outer <laughs> space. <laughs> One of the policies that the Inca adopted was incorporation of, of talented workers and, and laborers from other assimilated poetes or, or, or states as the Inca Empire expanded. For instance, they took in specialized stone workers from the region around Titicaca, which was noted uh, for, for a massive uh, stone masonry, and, and also uh, things like uh, metallurgists from, from the Chimu culture to the north. There, there must have been other specialists. But there's evidence at Choque Corral that, and based on architectural features, that it was probably built, or at least in part designed and, and built by the imported laborers from the northern poetry of uh, Chachapoyas. And there are certain characteristic architectural styles that are an indicator for that. Also, there's some historical evidence. And one of the exciting things about studying the Inca, and one of the helpful things, is not only, it's not, it wasn't a dead culture because it was historical contact, and we had all this eyewitness uh, descriptions of the culture at the time and uh, and shortly afterwards where people were interviewed and, and uh, uh, chroniclists were is one example who who wrote the story of of their uh, events and what they saw at the time there's some historical evidence that groups from Chachapoyas were settled in, in the areas around Cusco and in particular uh, around uh, Choquicaral uh, later on in the years after the uh, after the Inca were gone in early colonial times, there were still remnants of these Chachapoyan uh, settlements there. And also there's archaeological evidence in some places along the area near Machu Picchu and Choquicaral where these workers probably lived. So if you go to Cuelap and uh, then to Choquicaral and you see elements that look similar, that's the reason why. Yeah, there's some very distinctive things at Choquicaral that are indicators. One is the presence of cornices made out of slate or called pizarra in, in Spanish and uh, these aren't seen in any other Inca site or in any architectural features and there's several uh, examples of that at Chokicaral there's a great quantity of slate laying around there's one group that still has it in place called the Casca Cascada very distinctive uh, slate cornices that, that I have only seen at, uh, and this was rather common in in Chachapoyan structures in, in northern Peru. So that's one example. Another example is uh, the, uh, there's, there's a, a zigzag pattern on, on the big terraces on one side of Chokicaral, which is called the Yama Terraces. It has a number of uh, stylized yamas built into the, uh, the walls with a different stone, very distinct. And at the top of that is a very distinct uh, zigzag motif 
well, upper terrace, which is exactly what you see on the top of almost every important Chachapoyan house or building. So that's another example. So we have three factors. We have the historical description of the Chachapoyans being in the area. Uh, we have the physical evidence of, of Chachapoyan settlements nearby. And then we have these architectural features at Chokikarao, which are uh, a, a very, very convincing um, indication that the Chachapoyans had a hand in building Chokikarao. If you are interested in joining a horse-supported trek to Choquequirao, designed by archaeologist Gary Ziegler, contact us on our webpage at www.ferturperu.com. That's F-E-R-T-U-R-Peru.com.